jam Conversations with legends Crazy how one day your idols can turn it to your brethren Bitches we severin' Hit up my jeweler, watch them freezes Breaking bread like I'm Jesus Money ain't everything, but somehow eases Better believe us, ain't down and leave us The baby crying, crack cooking Where my sister be frying soul food Plus my other sister just went back to her old dude He whooping the ass Hello and welcome to another episode, this being the 14th installment of the Gem City Gridiron Roundup Podcast. I am your Deputy Commissioner, Scotch on the Sidelines, Dalton Van Pelt. And this week, as similar to last week, once again, I am very sorry for the technical difficulties that caused the late late release. But as last week, I have a guest host with me who is... The Commissioner. I got Zach Stewart on the line, folks. So we're going to dive right into it. We're going to start with the notes from week 11. Dak Prescott handles business against Jeff Driscoll, of all people. The Cowboys cannot stop the run to save their lives. And Zeke celebrates a touchdown with the Dak dance, which is sweeping the nation. Do you have any thoughts on that game? Did you watch it? I did, um... The Lions surprisingly look pretty decent, but I don't know if it's the Lions looking good or the Cowboys' defense just laying down for everybody. Yeah, uh, their defense really has taken a toll lately. I don't know what it is, but their defense has not looked good lately. After the first couple, I don't know, five or six weeks, they looked great. Yeah, I mean, I mean the offense looks awesome for the Cowboys. Um, a lot of people are viable in offense, so... Just got to stop somebody. But, I mean, it's good for fantasy players playing against the Cowboys right now. Now, before we move any further, we did forget one part of the podcast. That is Sipping with the Sarge. So, let's take a drink, Zach. Of course. What is in your glass? I got uh, some Buffalo Trace tonight. I am drinking Willet Rye, which is a very rare bottle of rye, very hard to come by, and it is delicious. It's worth every penny. Nice. I had a rye last week. Had a Jim Beam rye pre-prohibition, which is also worth a drink. Yes. Now, uh, I was Kirk cooking during the Eagles Patriots game, but it was apparent that the weather affected this game. Now, is Julian Edelman a better quarterback than Mitchell Trubisky? <laughs> oh man! Um, probably based on his quarterback rating, the few passes Edelman does throw, he does probably complete more at a higher percentage. Um, I, and Trubisky's still Trubisky. Uh, you can't put Edelman back there for a whole game. <laughs> Probably not, but I feel like the Bears are willing to try it at this point. Now, moving on to that yeah. game. <laughs> I fell asleep during the Rams-Bears game as it was not very interesting. The Rams' offense is hurting something fierce, and Goff is a shell of his formal, former self. But Gurley was finally allowed to be involved. What do you think about that game? Yeah, I mean, he, I think he got about 30 touches, if I if I can think correctly. I know he had like 25 carries. I know he had a couple more catches. Um, everyone's like, Todd Gurley's back, baby. But he only had like 20 points. Like That's like um, crazy to think a couple years ago. We're like, oh, we're cheering for 20 points when he averaged, you know, 25 points a game. Um, it's just, it's a mess in L.A. right now with that team. My... Uh, professional opinion is that it, it's starting to wind down towards the playoffs and the Rams really need some help to make it. So they're now finally churning Gurley out and they're not throttling him whatsoever for the rest of the year. Yeah, but I mean, if 
if they're trying to do that, I mean, um, you know, Malcolm Brown got a short goal line touchdown too, so his day could have been huge if he would have got that other touchdown. That's very um, true, and uh, I th- also think it's a little too late for the Rams. Yeah, a little bit, a little too late for the Rams. It's, it's Seattle and the 49ers are going to wrap up that division. They're 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 too far behind right now. So I, I wouldn't put them past them if they just kind of gave Gurley not as many touches over the next couple weeks. I know they needed to win, but all those other teams keep winning too. They are going to be looking at the sixth seed, which is really terrible to say for yeah. a play uh super bowl team last year super bowl hangover now a slow start for mahomes who eventually had some explosion and philip rivers was befuddled i saw a meme of him with a helmet on backwards <laughs> for the final drive this is so funny i saw another one that said sorry i couldn't get this philip um, rivers memes out fast enough but it was intercepted <laughs> Oh man! Hey, he, he he looked like he liked uh, he looked like Jameis Winston out there. Sure did, sure yeah, did. My quarterback, my quarterback. Now, uh, let's see. Where was I? Uh, Colin Kaepernick participated in quite the joke of a workout on Saturday, as only eight teams showed up to his workout. The Afro-laden ex-NFL quarterback appeared visibly upset about this and asked that the NFL stop running and hiding from him. In other news, Kenyon Drake received the start over David Johnson, which is confusing. Talk, uh, what a fall from grace. Zach, what do we do about him from now on from a fantasy point of view? Well, I mean, hopefully, you know, they're on a bye this week. Hopefully, David Johnson gets healthy. I know they haven't listed him on the injured report or anything, but obviously he's visibly hobbled. He looks like an old man out there trying to run. Um, hopefully this bye week will do him some justice and rest up. I mean, if week 13 shows up and he doesn't get a touch, that's kind of scary. Um, if, if, if that's the case, I mean, I could see um, that regime moving on. I could see them trading David Johnson, which is unheard of. But, you know, he wasn't a Cliff Kingsbury guy when he came in. But, I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see him get traded this offseason if they don't play him much down the stretch. So what what do you do with David Johnson if you're the Cardinals? Yeah, I mean, if you're going to trade him, if you want him to be healthy going into the offseason, you want something to trade for him, I mean, you're probably not going to play him as much. Um, they're out of the playoff contention, so why would they want to get a, a piece of David Johnson getting hurt and losing some draft capital? I mean, if they trade David Johnson, they're going to get a pretty penny for him. I mean, he's a great running back. But, I mean, if I were the Cardinals, I'd play the damn guy. He's your best player. Absolutely. Now, did Luke luck into a starting running back? Uh, he, I don't know. I mean, possibly. I mean, he's got Kenyon Drake, obviously. Um, but also, Chase Edmonds is coming back. That's another thing that are, is worrying a lot of David Johnson owners. Chase Edmonds is coming back from injury as well. So, who knows how that's going to split everything up if... Um, Edmonds is going to get some more carries than Drake because Edmonds was productive when Johnson was hurt. So it could be a, a true three-headed committee, which fantasy owners absolutely hate. It's basically like the Eagles. Yeah, um, probably play them in sub-packages. I mean, I just I think David Johnson's more hurt than everyone realizes because he, he only played five snaps in the last game. I honestly so, don't know what the Cardinals are doing, even putting him on the roster week by week if he's that injured. 
Yeah, if he's hurt, deactivate him. Let everybody, I mean, let everybody know. I mean, if he's hurt, he's hurt. Just don't, don't put him not on the injury report and then don't play him. It's just, it's mind-boggling. Similar question. What would you do with O.J. Howard if you were the Buccaneers? Man. Well, he got benched this week. So, obviously, he's in Bruce Arians' doghouse. Um, and going back to Bruce Arian, Bruce Arians' other coaching days, he doesn't utilize the tight end very well, um, especially, at, like, a stretch tight end. So, I mean, I, again, I could see them, you know, they could try to move on from him if he's not going to buy into the situation. And I know they're not using his skill set, but, I mean, it's hard when you have, you know, when you have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Um you would think they'd be able to get him the ball, but for some reason, him and Jameis don't aren't meshing very well. So you say Bruce Arians doesn't know how to use utilize the tight end, but on the same week where O.J. Howard was benched, yes, Cameron Bray caught what was it, ten catches? Ten passes, ten passes. That's insane. That, that's all. That's a lot of checkdowns too. I mean, like like Bruce Arians hasn't been a very big like stretch the field tight end guy I mean there's he's been a good check down guy but he's never been one to stretch the field whereas you know some of those other guys in the past like with Gronk and with Jim Graham and all those other guys that stretch the field Cameron Brake's not a stretch the field kind of guy he had 10 catches for like 70 yards so honestly honestly your analysis is pretty uh, interesting and it made me really think that in Bruce Arians' offense, typically the slot receiver is the most featured person. So I feel like since they play in the same realm as the tight end in terms of positioning on the field and where they catch their passes, where they earn their money, that would make a lot of sense. I mean, in the slot, I mean, he had Larry Fitzgerald for years. Um, and that's the same um, now with Chris Godwin's in the slot. He's a top five fantasy option. So... Um, He's never really – I mean, the guys that he's been with, I mean, I don't recall much tight end usage when he was in Arizona. Um, I believe when he, was, when he was with the Colts, they didn't have much. They That was early on in Luck's career. Um, and then I think in Pittsburgh he had Heath Miller. So, I mean, a lot of check down guys, but not anybody that can stretch the field. Now, did you see the uh, behind-the-back bumble – from O.J. Howard, the highlight there that caused the interception? I did not, but I, did not, but I definitely was uh, yelling at the computer screen because I saw Jameis throw an interception on his like, second pass. I'm like, God damn it, Jameis. I thought we were past this. It was bad Jameis week. It was a bad Jameis week, but that interception was all on O.J. Howard after I saw the, uh, saw the highlight. The other three picks, yeah, it is what it is, but it's just, I mean, you can't start off the day with a pick when your tight end's bobbling the ball and Coincidentally, later that quarter, he was he was benched in favor of Cameron Brake. So <laughs> he sure was. See much, I don't expect to see much of O.J. Howard, and might have been the one of the biggest busts of the fantasy season. Now, in a perfect world, would it be perfect if the Bucks traded O.J. Howard and a second round pick to the Cardinals for David Johnson? Oh hell yeah. Um, I mean, get David Johnson back in Bruce Arians' arms, and um, that'd be great. But um, it's hard to trade trade with a divisional opponent or conference opponent, not divisional. Um, but I don't know. I, I I would expect them to. I mean, 
the Cardinals don't have any running backs. I mean, Ronald Jones isn't the answer. Peyton Barber's not the answer. Obviously, they might invest heavily in a free agent running back, whether it's via sign or via trade, whether it could be David Johnson. I would love to see Melvin Gordon go down to Tampa Bay um, next year. Um, I think I think they're going to be in the market for a back, whether it be you know early in the draft process or uh, via sign or trade. If I was gonna, yeah heavily yeah if I was the Bucks GM and I called you and I offered you a second round pick and OJ Howard for David Johnson, would you take it? I think it matches Kingsbury's offense because they want to get the ball out in space and like give it to their big, big playmakers. Um, I could see that helping both parties. Um, I could, yeah, I mean, I, I would definitely see that be a fair trade um, in return. And also, I don't know if Tampa Bay is going to want to give up that much draft capital either. Well, I think with the salary, um, they might even be able to swing a third round pick for him because the salary is so great for David Johnson. Yep. I I would, yeah, a a third would probably be a little bit better. Do you believe in Debo Samuel? Back to back games with eight catches. Is he just another Dante Pettis, or do you think he's for real? I think he's for real. Um, I think. Um, and he was drafted high by Kyle Shanahan, who's an offensive genius. Um, um, I was reading like in the off season when they drafted him, like they, like Shanahan's going to treat him as like I mean, obviously he's going to play the Julio Jones in the offense. I'm not comparing him to Julio Jones by any means, but that's the player that he's going to be playing in that spot in that Shanahan offense when he played with Julio. It was great. Um, granted, rookie receivers take a bit, a little bit longer to develop in the NFL, whether it be the route running, the speed, the physicality with the corners. Um, but obviously the last couple of weeks has shown that he has been a great target. I mean, that could also be overhyped. George Kittle's been out, and they just traded for Emmanuel Sanders. He got banged up a little bit. So that could just be the situation, too, where he's in a good circumstance for the week. Um, but I think he's definitely got the talent. And I, I would expect to have a, a big second-year jump for him next year. Um He's just big and physical, um, and I, I, I would expect him to have a pretty good year next year. You heard it here first, folks. The commissioner would draft Debo Samuel in the same position Mike Williams was drafted this year. <laughs> Do you have any further notes from Week 11 that we might not have touched on? Oh, not really. Um, what was um, what was your most intriguing NFL game that you watched this week um uh sad to say i did not watch a ton of nfl uh football this weekend i did watch uh the cowboys lions game and the most intriguing i watched the whole thing start to finish the most intriguing part about that to me was that cowboys defense just cannot figure it out um they brought up a stat where the dallas offense has been slow to start for most games, but honestly, I think the main issue with the Dallas Cowboys right now is that their defense has lost a little bit of uh, uh, luster. Okay, okay. What about yourself? Uh, the two games that like I thought were super entertaining, one was a big blowout. I, I, just, I just can't believe the tear that Lamar Jackson's been on. I, I thought that game would be like a high-scoring game like 
like the Ravens scored 41. I expected it to be like 41-35, not 41-7. Um, so Lamar Jackson's playing nuts. And surprisingly, a weird game I really enjoyed was, um, especially the second half was the Vikings and the Denver game. Because it's just true Denver fashion. They blow a 20-0 lead, and all of a sudden Kirk Cousins looks like the next, next great quarterback and cars him up in the second half and goes down to the last drive. Um, but I enjoyed watching that, the second half of that game. The first half was pretty awful, but um, the second half was really good in that game. Now, uh, one... Stephon Diggs goes from zero points at halftime to having over a 20-point day. That's insane. In one half. I did have a note from the first game you mentioned, which was that uh, there was an egregious uh, defensive pass interference call that was not overturned. I saw the pictures that broke down this instance, and uh, I don't know what the NFL's thinking officiating-wise on that. It is pretty weird. And then the second thing from that game was that Deshaun Watson wrote his MVP vote, MVP vote, excuse me, MVP vote, on his jersey when him and Lamar switched jerseys. Now, uh, I also had one note from the Vikings-Denver game, which I did not watch either of these games, but Kirk Cousins is supposed to win those games. He always beats losing teams. So, I mean, I really didn't expect them to lose, even when they were down 20 to nothing. And the other game that I was going to talk to you about, like you touched on it on the late podcast that you guys sent out, but this, I mean, this weekend, it feels like it was forever ago, but the Browns and Steelers played, um, and that was a huge fiasco. I about turned the game off, and I, I, I was glued to the TV for the next half hour, <laughs> deciphering what the hell just happened between the Steelers and Browns. So I actually woke up shortly after this ended from a text from Matt. I've been really struggling lately. I've been falling asleep on the couch early, early, and I cannot understand why. But anyway, on another note, um, I went back, I found the clip on YouTube, and I was like, holy shit. Never seen anything like that. I'm shocked that it wasn't touched on a lot after the game. I'm surprised it didn't cut to like a Sports Center special and they just broke it down second by second. Yeah, well, the, ne- the next morning, they literally talked about it for like four hours straight on get up and first take and that's all they talked about like they broke down that play they called in every analyst they possibly could in everybody's opinions and then the, the suspensions were handed down and well i suppose so, let's get one more opinion what did you think about it i thought i mean everyone's you know got their own opinion um i everyone's like well rudolph kind of caused it they were on the ground John with each other and pulling at each other but there's eight seconds left in the game miles garrett doesn't need to get called for a roughing the pass with eight seconds left in the game you're up 14 points at home mason rudolph threw it through a check down pass and then you throw him to the ground so i i mean yeah he threw him to the ground rudolph probably said some choice words down there um but like it's eight, there's eight seconds left in the game dude like most people like, yeah, they're going to throw a little check down pass because it's fourth down. Um, you don't need to – the quarterback's already thrown the ball and you bear hug him and then throw him to the ground. Of course he's going to say something. Um, that's my take on it. Yeah, I mean, um, could have been easily prevented if Garrett doesn't even wrap him up after he's thrown the ball. Now, I can't remember if I touched on this portion of my opinion on this as well. Um, uh 
I had a different different opinion of the proceedings than you did slightly, but one thing I don't know if I touched on or not was that it just once again shows us how undisciplined this Browns team is. And if they had a little more discipline coming from Freddie Kitchens and some assistant coaches, they would be in a far better place wins-wise. And Miles Garrett's been doing this shit all year. I mean, he's got in trouble, you know, threw a punch at Delaney Walker week one. Got flagged for a couple penalties against the Jets for some late hits. He's had some rough penalties throughout the year. And then it happened with, you know, roughing Rudolph on the last play of the game with eight seconds to go when you're up 14 where there's no way that they can win. It just doesn't make any sense. No, I must admit, all of this is news to me. I was not aware of everything you just stated. What do you mean? I, I was not aware that Miles Garrett has been doing this all season. I thought this was just a one-off incident. I thought his character no, he's was... Been, he, he's been fined over, I think, over 50 grand this year. Interesting. Um, yep. Yeah, so if you go back and look at that, there's there a week one against the Titans. Um, he threw like a punch against Delaney Walker. Um, he got fined for that. And then he got fined for two hits against the Jets when they were playing like with Luke Folk and Trevor Simeon. Late hits, one that broke Trevor Simeon's leg. Um, so it's just been an occurrence this year. He's been fined a bunch this year, um, and then he just just snapped. Uh, I guess that's what happens when you play for the Browns. I guess that's snapped. I guess that's what happened. Now let's let's move on to the news around the league. Marlon Mack has fractured his hand. Jonathan Williams broke out with 116 rushing yards. Zachary, guess what college Jonathan Williams came from? BYU. Arkansas. Uh, oh, I'm thinking, uh, what's the other one? Oh, what's the one that came from BYU? No, oh, it's Jamal Williams, not not okay, not Jonathan Williams. Jamal Williams for the Packers played at BYU. Fair enough. I didn't know that either. Robert Woods shockingly missed the Monday night game. This wasn't reported until 1,700 hours. Mitchell Trubisky. That, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. That, that hurt Luke bad. That cost Luke the game right there, potentially. Uh, it absolutely did because Matthew didn't really get too many points on Monday night. If Luke had had Robert Woods, who knows what would have happened. Mitchell Trubisky suffers a right hip pointer late in the second quarter of Sunday night game. This might be just an excuse to pull him, or maybe he was tackled by a TV with a football analyst on it. <laughs> Juju was subjected to an apparent knee injury the same night he suffered a concussion, which happened to be on the exact same play. Follow that later in the week. Matthew Stafford continues to be week to week with multiple back fractures, which is good news for Jeff Driscoll, who looks to assert himself as much more than just a Bengals backup that moved on to another team. Jalen Hurd has been placed on injured reserve and will miss the remainder of the season. This doesn't mean too much for Fantasyland. Although it's one more weapon the 49ers do not have. Damian Williams suffered a rib injury on Monday night. Nothing more has been reported on this issue. It was a weird chain of events. He was grabbing his ribs. I initially thought he had lost, uh, if he had had the wind knocked out of him, but then he walked off the field and he was still holding his ribs. So who knows what actually happened? Did you see the play? I did not. I was at work and then. Once I got out of work, I saw all the news that the players that had gotten banged up, um, but I haven't I haven't seen any of the injuries. I saw them this morning, but um, I didn't see them live. 
All right. Brandon Cooks is expected to return for week 12. Tyreek Hill had a hamstring pull, and he will undergo undergo an MRI in the next coming days. We will find out more information as the week progresses. Stay tuned. Will, well, he's also on a bye week, so uh, it, it really doesn't matter when the MRI comes, I suppose. Will, timing. Yes. Will Fuller is a game-time decision also with a hamstring injury for Week 12. And finally, one of Zach's favorite players previously, Alex Collins has completed suspension, and he may be signed with the team as a free agent. Man, go ahead and go ahead and pick him up. I saw you pick up Gronkowski. That didn't quite work for you. <laughs> Do you have any other news we might have missed for Week Twelve? No, I, I thought it was really funny. I, I looked on the league page and I saw Matt pick up Rob Gronkowski. I was like, "What the hell is he thinking?" And then I went and looked and said, "Rob Gronkowski has big news on Tuesday at nine a.m." So he went and picked up Rob Gronkowski, and then his news today was he's holding a pre-Super Bowl party the day before the Super Bowl. I thought that was just great trolling of everything of Gronkowski. <laughs> Everyone probably panicked and went to pick him up. Um, so I, I thought that was pretty funny. By the time the Rob Gronkowski news broke, I had already read the story that he admitted he would not be returning this season whatsoever as a player. Yes. So Matt, following the train of evidence... Does not go in his favor this time, although he is seated pretty decently in the playoff picture, which we will get on later in the show. For now, I will bet you that he drops Rob Gronkowski tonight. I'm sure he does. The waiver wire pickups are going to be very interesting. I will admit, I have not even submitted a waiver claim yet, so we will not touch on that in this episode. Hopefully, this episode will be out tonight on Tuesday, the 19th. Now, with that, Zach, do you have anything to add to the news or notes for Week 11? I don't think so. I think you've covered most of it. Um, There hasn't been. One thing that I'd like to see, I mean, this could be good for Patriots. Um, Patriots activated their left tackle from injury reserve, so maybe they'll get a little bit of boost on offense. Some of their players are going to maybe surge a little bit with um, Sonny Michelle and mainly the running backs. with uh, Isaiah Wynn coming back. So I hate to be that guy, but Isaiah Wynn is actually a guard. They actually reclassify him to be the left tackle. Really? Yes. That's shocking to me. That is news. Man, thank you for uh, breaking that on this podcast. According to uh, Field D8 on Twitter, it says they, uh, they activated left tackle Isaiah Wynn. Turf toe. Interesting. So he's going to be the left tackle, which is... Uh, Going to be interesting to see someone start his first game at left tackle, or was he a left tackle early in the season, and I just didn't know. No, I'm pretty sure he was a guard, um, like you said. Um, but, he, but he must have just been reclassified as a tackle based on what they need. Um, they must be kicking their current left tackle to the bench or inside then. Yeah, they, it's been listed. I've been going through He's been listed at less. Uh, the last time he was... No, it's, he's been listed as a tackle. Like Maybe that. we need to get Maybe Cody Sackett on the line to figure this out. <laughs> oh, well, but uh, either way, he's coming back probably um, this week. That'll probably give a big boost to some of the run game. Maybe a little, Tom Brady a little bit more time in the pocket. Hopefully so. Zach, you've listened to every episode of this podcast. Is that a fact? Yes. How about you cut us to break? Let's... Uh... I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, 
I, uh, Zach fumbled that opportunity. We'll give him another chance later in the day. We're going to cut to a break. Enjoy these tunes. I'm not sure what they'll be, but you're about to hear them. We're going to go to the matchups that matter after this break. We'll be right back with you. First topic we're going to touch on coming back from the break are the matchups that matter. First matchup. I luckily skate by Big Mike with an early exit by Tyreek Hill. This knocks him down to second place for the time being. Allows me an inside chance at the playoffs for now. Zach, do you have any notes on this matchup? I was... But we were talking, I mean, with Cooper Cup, we thought, okay, maybe he might get a few more points. You said you'd be potentially comfortable around a 20-point lead. Anything less than that, you were pretty nervous. And we talked late last night, and we talked that he, he went out, and they never ruled him out. They just said he was questionable to return, so you were just, you were, you know, biting your nails, waiting for him not to come back in. Um, but, no, definitely a big win for you. Uh, tough for Big Mike. Um but that's the case of fantasy. I must say that that was a really tough way for Big Mike to lose, only his third game of the season, although it couldn't have come at a better time for me as I slide in to the seventh place in the playoff seating. Correct. DJ Chark carries Matthew to a much-needed victory. Matt has now mathematically secured a playoff – has not mathematically secured a playoff spot, and Luke has not been mathematically – Nixed from the playoffs. Did you have any thoughts from this matchup? Um, that Robert Woods news definitely made a um, a big impact. I'm at, you know, he had a nice about 14 and a half point win. You never know what, you know, Robert Woods would have done if he would have played. Um, say it was a personal issue, not injury related. So and maybe he's going to come back and play this week. Um, probably guessing something with family. But it was, it was definitely a surprise. Um, going down the stretch, and obviously if you would have known that, you might have played somebody else. Um, but I don't think anybody on his bench didn't score more than – well, he had Debo Samuel and scored 21 on his bench. Um, Based but, on uh, – go ahead. No, um, I mean, Matt gets, you know, a decent win. You know, he's had a lot of his guys on bye, you know. Um, Derrick Henry and Barkley on a bye. And Matt went and spent, spent the big money on Brian Hill. Didn't quite pan out, but he ended up squeaking out a win anyway. Based on the way the Rams' offense looked, I honestly don't think it would have mattered whether or not Robert Woods played. Yeah, true. They, and they're playing against the Bears. They're a tough defense, so that, that, that matters too. Um, 
Rams offense is a shell of itself. Absolutely. Pat finds his way into a playoff spot, knocking the Brink down a peg despite only 5.7 points from Kyle Allen. The Brink failed to cement a playoff spot and his seventh win. He now sits at 6-5. and five. Wow, that's awkward. Do you have any? Do you have anything to add? Well, I thought you were going to say something. Um, yeah, I mean, Pat's you know Pat's coming in, um, guns a blazing right now. He's got some players that are getting hot. Um, DJ Moore, John Brown. I just traded him Jameson Crowder, and he's kind of touchdown pass every week. I've traded him. Um, and you know, Brinkman's got a good roster too. Mahomes didn't quite get off to the start he wanted. Dalvin Cook had a down game. Um, Definitely a big win for um, Patrick and moving um, Bill and myself up a peg with Brinkman losing. Absolutely. Uh, Blaster finds himself in first place after the two-time champ puts up an unfortunate stinker. Due to tiebreakers, this loss, in essence, rules the two-time champ out of repeating. The suck-up curse strikes again. Blaster needs to keep winning to put Big Mike in his rear view. With divisional games coming back up, this should be pretty easy for him against the underwhelming Cheeses division. Thoughts from Blaster versus the two-time champ. Yeah, Sackett just had just one of the roughest days of the year. That's definitely it's the lowest point total of the year, minus a dark horse score. Um, just tough break. Just a tough break, you know. He had he had a lot of guys. Some of his top guys on a bye. Um, you know, Aaron Jones, Golden Tate on a bye. Um, Brandon Cooks has been out. T.Y. Hilton's been out. Just a just a tough day for the, the two-time champ. You know, Julio Jones is his leading scorer, which is – well, actually, LaShawn McCoy was his leading scorer at 15.7, so that'll definitely tell you all it needs to. James Conner gets hurt on Thursday night. He had, he had Jared Goff, you know, five points from a quarterback. Isn't going to quite do it for you. And, you know, only three guys in double digits, Julio Jones, LaShawn McCoy, and Patriots defense. That's not going to quite get it done. Absolutely. Bill gets his scheduled W against Dark Horse and clinches his playoff spot with his seventh victory. Look for the Eagle to fly into a playoff matchup come week 14. Do you have any thoughts from this matchup? You know, for, for, from the start of it, I thought Dark Horse had a really nice chance. He had a lot of good matchups. You know, Jimmy G puts up 30 points and, a lot of good matchups on paper. Um, you know, it was definitely a big thing with Josh Allen going for 30-plus points. Um, and that really made a big difference. You know, he only got, you know, a 28-point win, which isn't huge. Dark Horse been pretty consistent, been putting up between 95 and 110 every week. Um, so he's gotten pretty pretty good about putting up that average. Um, and because, I mean, Bill got a goose egg from David Johnson. So, you know, that kept him right in it. And then Stephon Diggs with a big second half. Um, and Travis Kelsey putting it away on Monday night. This might be one of the first times where Bill did not nail it on the head with his starts. He did. Uh, I, by the bench, he did. By the bench, he had zero points on the bench. Oh, that's right. He had no other options besides David Johnson. That's right. Yeah, he had a lot of bye weeks and injuries. Um yeah, uh, with Jamal Williams, if he would have been there, he probably would have played him. But um, I, I, going into this week, I really thought Dark Horse had a really good chance at, at, at beating Bill. I wasn't positive, but I thought he had a really good chance. Dark Horse has had some pretty favorable matchups when it comes to bye week issues. Yes. 
For the first time in our league's history, Cole failed to submit a valid lineup, costing him a game. Cole is not mathematically out, but does need some help to make it to the postseason. The commish punched his ticket to a chance at the coveted trophy. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it was a tough... I mean, if, if Cole sets a lineup, he had plenty of points on the bench between Kirk Cousins and Cortland Sutton on the bench. Um, just a, in unfortunate situation, not sure what happened. Um, hopefully Cole can, you know, fix the lineup for this week. Um, definitely a tough instance where... I mean, even if you would have won, I mean, you start three guys on a bye, you're not going to win anyway. But the rule is that we've decided, you know, if you don't have a valid lineup, you're going to get an automatic loss no matter what, even if somehow you pull out the win. That's been a rule in the past couple of years. It's the first time we've actually had to do it. I mean, he lost anyway. It didn't really matter. Um, but definitely we want people to set set lineups and have a good competitive match because people need it. Like, people probably wanted me to lose, obviously. Um, for those other playoff spots, it's it's not a lot. It's not fair for someone to give up on a team and let someone else coast and do a win. Um, so we want to be competitive all, all the way through the year. Now, I did find it a very odd circumstance as later in the day, um, I posted the thirteenth episode of the podcast, and guess who had viewed it? Yeah, uh, he's been online. I'm not sure what what happened, um, but. Hopefully that uh, reconciles itself and it reconciles itself um, this coming week, um, and hopefully we'll we won't have that problem going forward. Yes, going forward. <clears throat> now, since this week we have a complete guest host, we're going to do a little bit unorthodox with the interview. I'm just going to ask him a couple questions. He's going to break down a couple things. We're going to start with the main topic, which was discussed on last week's episode. I would like you to please break down the tiebreakers in our league in terms of playoff seating. Yeah, so I know a lot of people will get confused on how our tiebreakers work. They, we, it's classified as head-to-head, um, and which it is. If it's two people tied head-to-head, it becomes um, your head-to-head matchup against them. So um, looking at the lineups right now, Bill and I are tied at 7-4. and four. I beat Bill so I have the head-to-head tiebreaker. But, as we see, there are one, two, three, four, four and seven teams. So, the head-to-head means your head-to-head record against everybody that's tied. So, between, oh, there's only three teams. Luke, Cole, and Sackett are all four and seven. So, it's your, it's your, your record against those two teams that are tied. So Luke is in first because he beat Cole and beat Sackett. Cole, so Luke is 2-0 and against both those teams. Cole is 1-1, and and Sackett is on the bottom end, 0-2. Um, you can kind of go back and figure this out based on um, looking at the wins and losses from back in the scoreboard. But last week when we had five teams at 4-6, and six, that's how it broke down. Luke had the, he was undefeated against all the teams that were 4-7, and seven, and then so on and so forth. If it's tied after that, it then goes to a points, um, your, your, the points that you've scored. So highest scoring team, then the next, then the next. That's how the tiebreakers work. Head-to-head individually, and then head-to-head against everybody that's tied. And then if that's still tied, then it comes down to your points. So points do matter. You want to make sure you, that's another thing if you want to set your lineup 
um, or make sure you set your lineup, points matter. So um, you want to make sure they're valid lineups because points eventually are a tiebreaker if it comes all the way down to the very end. Correct. Um, <clears throat> before this, uh, before last night, I had pretty much counted myself as a loss. So I had run the numbers on uh, the four and seven teams. Uh, oh man, I just deleted it. Uh, give me just a second. <laughs> what was I thinking? I know what you're meaning. I think it would have been. Uh, it would have been Luke in eighth place. Luke in eighth place. You in ninth. Yep. Cole in tenth. And second and eleventh. It would just flip flop. Correct. It would move Patrick up a spot and move Luke up two spots. Right. Um, so that was a big, big deal. Um, with you squeaking out a win against Big Mike. Right. Um, and also, it had a play last week when there were three teams that were six and four. Yes, because Brink- Brinkman ended up losing. That cut that out because now Brinkman and Matt are tied. Because I believe Brinkman has beaten you and Bill. Let me double check this. No, uh, Brinkman. Has Brinkman beaten. beat you. We're all. And he lost. A- oh, that's right. And he had the most points. Yes. Yeah, so that's why. Yeah. So there's two seven and four teams, two six and five teams, two five and six teams, and three, three four, four and, sevens. and sevens. Yep. So a very tight race. Um, I mean, in, in the past, you know, once you've hit, once you've hit seven wins, you've pretty much guaranteed yourself because you're you have a winning record. You're going to be in the top eight. Um, so a lot of those teams that are seven and four and greater, which is only Blaster, Big Mike, myself, and Bill, can really say, okay, that. Like we, we should have a ticket punch to the to the playoffs. You know, Brinkman and Matt are still looking for one more win. Usually, there's one team that's six and seven that gets in as an eight seed, and that could happen this year. It could be a six and seven team, but there could be three of them. So you, you're going to want to pay attention to those tiebreakers. Absolutely, and I I do really appreciate this breakdown of the tiebreakers you have allowed us because I feel like there would be a lot of questions and some backlash if we didn't break it down. And as well as, I mean, some people noticed last year, um, if you win your division, you are guaranteed a top two seed, which sometimes isn't the greatest thing. Last year, Dalton, you won the other division. You were the two seed at seven and six. You had a weak conference last year. Um, but if you were... Two years ago. You, was it two years ago? Yep. Um, but if you win your division, you are a one or two seed no matter what your record is. If you win your division, you're a one or a two. Um but it's pretty much, I mean, Blaster and Big Mike, they have a pretty good stranglehold on the division, I believe, without looking. Um, yeah, Blaster has clinched a top two seed already. Um, he has a three-game lead with two to go. Um, so Blaster has already clinched a one or two. Uh, Big Mike has not. He has a one-game one lead, one-and-a-half-game lead on me um, because he did beat me, so I do have to beat um Big Mike outright for that division title. So Blaster has clinched a top two seed. The other seeds are all to be determined. Fair enough. Um, now let's jump into something else, and then we'll go back to tiebreaker scenarios. How much would you pay Alvin Kamara next year per year? Well, honestly, you've seen a lot of these teams that pay their running backs. They don't have a lot, a lot of space for anything else. Um, I mean, I think you you pay him as a top five back, but what does that look like be, per year? 
I'd be comfortable paying him 13 to 15. Oof. I don't think Alvin Kamara is signing for 15. I know, but that's what people are going to pay. He's he's 5 foot, 5 foot 8. I mean, he's he's not I mean, he's gotten hurt this year. Um, so durability is an issue already. Taking that many touches. I mean, he's a great back. I get it. But people, I mean, it took it took so long for Le'Veon Bell to get signed. It took so long for Zeke to get signed. They want their money. I get that. But I, I think you, I, you'd be comfortable paying them 15. Anything over that is just going to strap the team. And I mean, I mean, I don't know. It's just tough. Like Cowboys are going to have a tough time signing Amari Cooper, Dak Prescott, because they paid Zeke ninety million dollars. Um, obviously, you've seen David Johnson got paid. They're a little strapped for cash. Todd Gurley strapped for cash. It's it's just it's not how NFL rosters are built, which I it, which it sucks. I get it. Um, running backs are the best part of fantasy football because they're awesome, but they just don't last. Absolutely, and I might have been wrong. Zeke was signed to $15 million almost on the dot, so Alvin Kamara might be willing to sign about a $15 million deal. Yeah, so anywhere, anywhere from, you know, I think I said 12 to 15. Um, 15 is obviously a lot, um, but probably could sign for that 12 to 13, hopefully. But it's going to be interesting. He's a free agent after this year, I believe. So, Or he's entering the final year of his contract. Yes. Uh, he's not a free agent. He's entering the final year, which is next year. And he'll likely hold out if not, uh, if he doesn't receive a contract, if I had to guess. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. That's definitely one thing I am not touching. I've learned my lesson. I'm not touching suspended players. Um, people holding out. Not doing it. What about Christian McCaffrey? How much would you pay him per year if you were the Carolina Panthers? Just try to try to try to get ahead of the game and pay him fifteen like Zeke. I have a feeling he's going to ask for more. Ah, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there's a different. I mean, just got to see if he stays healthy. If you had to start a franchise right now and you had to pick between Christian McCaffrey or Ezekiel Elliott, who would you pick? Ezekiel Elliott. Really? Durability. Ah, I knew you were going to say that. Fair enough. I'm not even going to argue with that. That's why, I mean, I, didn't, I I had another opportunity to take Christian McCaffrey this year, and I took Zeke instead. Um, I just think Zeke lasts longer, you know, body type. Um, but, I mean, I'll eat my words. I was definitely wrong this year. So Yeah, um, I think we all were, except for Blaster. Exactly. So, nothing wrong with, nothing against Christian McCaffrey, but I think... It's the same thing like Alvin Kamara. Eventually, he might break down. He may or may not. I, I don't know. Um, he's still a great player. But long run, like if, if you had to start it all the way over at the rookie year, I'd probably still take Zeke. Fair enough. Let's move on to the next topic, which is the resurgence of the Cheeses division. Long debated between you and I and Matthew. The Cheeses now sit tied at four in the playoffs from the Cheeses and four in the playoffs from the Meats. Correct. Go ahead. You have the floor. So um, we just exited interdivision play. Um, I've done some number crunching. Um, so there are a total of everybody had six games against the other division, which is a total of 36 games 
um, between the divisions. So in a pretty close effort, um, the win-loss record for the interdivision play, the Meads division did end up winning the interdivision play at 21 wins and 15 losses. Ouch. 21 and 15. So pretty close. Um, there were no ties, I believe. I believe it was either 4 and 2 or greater for everybody. Um, I'd have to go back and look, but I don't think there was a week where we tied. But I could be wrong. Um, but it is a 21 to 15 edge for the meets. Um, that being said, I did a little bit more um, digging deep. The best week for the meets division was week number 7 where the meets swept 6-0 and the cheeses. Um, the closest game um, that week was a 10.86 win. Um, I do not know that who won off the top of my head. Um, if you give me just one second, I will grab that because it is pretty easy to find. We do have one um, second. What? I said we do have one second. Feel free. Pull up that right. so you're accurate. So the closest game that week was a 10.86 win by the two-time champ Sackett over the Crafty Masseuse. The largest win was um, a 69.7 victory from uh, DeBrink over his brother Dark Horse. Um, so the, the average margin of victory in that week for the meets um, was 44.53. Wow, that is Pretty that low. is gaudy. Pretty lopsided win. Um, like I said, the lowest was 10.86. The next lowest was 39. It was a definitely an ass-kicking by the meets that week. Also. Um, and then, complete opposite, um, week number nine, the Cheeses had the best um, record that. Um, that was the best week for the Cheeses. They went 5-1. and one. That was the one week Dark Horse did win, but they could not complete the sweep as Dalton was the one losing team on the Jesus. Absolutely, um, I was. The closest game that week was a .52 win by the Crafty Masseuse over Big Mike. Wow. And then the largest margin of victory was um, a 55.82 victory from Cole over the Brink. Um, Which was a huge win at the time for Cole. Yes. Um, that being said, that was the week Melvin Gordon and Zeke and everybody went off on a scene, 185 points. Big, big feat. But the average margin of victory was only 24.2 points a game. So not huge. A lot of there was the there was two 40 point 40 plus point wins, but all four of the others were all under 23 points. So all very close. Therein lies the difference in the records yes. between the meats and the cheeses right there. Yes. That is a very good example. Yes. Um, that being said, um, the best record in the meats division, you want to take a guess who the best record was? One more time. The best record um, in interdivision play for the meats division. So uh, who had the Bill. meats division... Yes, Bill five and one. Wow, five and one. Who was his one loss? Um, actually, I, I could pull that up for you quicker than you probably could because I created a spreadsheet. Fun fact: he lost against Blaster. Yes, that would be the one. 
And who had the best record on the cheeses? I closed my spreadsheet. Um, it's got to be Blaster. It is Blaster, 5-1. and one. And his one loss was... It was to Big Mike. Big Mike. Which is the reason um, why him being ahead of Big Mike right now is such a big story. Exactly. Um, so I'll go through a little rundown. Um, the five and one teams were Bill and Blaster. Uh, four and two teams were myself, Big Mike, and that's the only four and two teams. Uh, the three, uh, the three and three teams were Brinkman, uh, Luke, Matthew. The two and four teams were uh, the two-time champ Sackett, Patrick, yourself, um, and then the only one and five team was uh, Dark Horse. Fair enough. So pr- pretty even across the board, um, but definitely Bill was a huge shocker, five and one. I, I mean, that's the whole reason he's uh, he's way up there. Um, With seven wins. Yeah, so, so yeah, five of his seven wins came outside the conference. Um, At the beginning of the season, I had basically counted Bill out, if I do remember, in, on this podcast, and I didn't think he would make it. And then he crushed us in interdivisional play. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's just uh, that's my take on it. That twenty-one to fifteen um, margin for the the meets division this year. Now, uh, earlier in the week, little breaking the uh, third wall or fourth wall, whatever they call it. Um, we actually talked on the phone for quite a while, and you were quizzing me on who the top five guys are fantasy-wise for each position. Do you have the updated rankings on this? I do. Do you want to go through all positions, quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end? Let's do the top three so we can save a little time. Okay, top three. Um, all right. Let's do... Got it. The top five. Let's do top top five. There's just so many. Like, there's so many interesting ones. All right. I, let's let's do top five. Let's do running back, receiver, uh, so we can save some time. Okay. Just give me. I want one name that you. It, it's for the quarterbacks. Who is a top five quarterback besides the ones you put? Like we know Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, and Deshaun Watson. Are, for the top five, who is the number four fantasy quarterback? I'm going to take a stab at this. I really want to say Josh Allen. He is six. Oh, who's number four? Kyler Murray. Wow. So, yep. uh, Matthew Berry saying that he was going to be a top ten quarterback was actually correct. And Josh Allen is six. So, I mean, you're close there. But Kyler Murray, that, that's a sneaky one. Um, Ask me a similar okay. question for uh, running back, wide receiver, and tight end so uh, we can make this interesting because I actually really like the way you formatted that question. Okay. Uh, one, two, three, five. Okay. Who is – the running back's a little more straightforward, I think. Um, but who who's in – you want to do top five still? Yeah. Okay, who is a top five running back? Who you who who you wouldn't think would be in there? Obviously, we know the top two. Who's the top two? It's Christian McCaffrey and uh oh uh, man. See, I struggle with the running backs. I don't know why. It's Dalvin Cook. Come on. 
<laughs> yeah, see, I struggled the last time he asked that question. Uh, I'm going to say uh, Nick Chubb is still up there. Nick Chubb is six. Oh, wow. Nick Chubb by two and a half points. Let me, let me take one more stab. Um... Man, this is tough. I, I hate for the dead air, but I'm thinking so hard, which I really shouldn't be. This is kind of sad. Um, we're going to say Zeke. Zeke is five. Okay, but who is the one? You're probably thinking of Austin Eckler. Nope, that's not the one. Who is it? Number four, again, Aaron Jones. Oh, okay. Crazy stat here. Running backs. Christian McCaffrey's on pace for an ungodly amount. He could he could top. He could almost get to 500 points. It's almost insane. He's at 302.6. He's averaging just over 30 points a game. So, what's half of 302? That is what 151. One one six. Wait one. Yeah, 151. So the running back that has 151 is Le'Veon Bell. He. Le'Veon Bell is ranked number 12. And he has 151 points? He has double what Le'Veon Bell does. Oh, that's insane. Insane. They were drafted Alvin in the Kamara same round. 13. Yeah. Alvin Kamara, one pick behind him, has doubled Alvin Kamara's point total. Wow. Okay, let's move on to wide receivers. Um, this one might be a little bit easier for you. We've talked a little bit about this. Um... Go ahead and give me uh, the top five. So I think you know four out of the five for sure. Michael Thomas. He's number one. By about 36 points. Chris Godwin. He is Chris Godwin's three. Mike Evans. He's two. Cooper Cup. No. Oh. Um, you got a little ahead of yourself. Cooper Julio. Cup is, Cooper Cup is seven. Julio. He is ten. Oh, my gosh. All right, so I have the top three? Yes. I just did this the other night, and I named all of them. Um, holy shit. Uh, 56 catches, 886 yards, and seven touchdowns. Cooper, Amari. Amari Cooper. And number five is... Oh, man, prolific pass. I want to say Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman is not right. He is 12. Okay. Go ahead. Just give it to me. He is, I believe, the best free agent pickup of the year. DJ Chark, number five. Wow. He Well, after this last week's performance, that makes sense. Yeah, 50, 50. Well, he's been in the top 10 almost all year. He um, has. He had a bit of a slump, and then he came back. I'm shocked at the how good of a game he had. With Nick Foles, because it seemed like the connection was more with the mustache. Yeah, but well, DJ Chark actually caught the first touchdown of Nick Foles' week one. That's true. When I went back and looked at the stats, I, I realized that it was not a fluke and that Chark was just great no matter who threw the ball. Yep, Chark 51 catches, 800 yards, and 8 touchdowns. That's um, crazy. Tight, tight end. Oh, this one's going to be challenging. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, this is going to be challenging. All right. Are you ready? Yep. I'm going to guess five, and you're going to tell me how many out of five I got. Okay. All right. You ready? Yes. Travis Kelsey, 
Darren Waller. Um, <laughs> uh, that's sad. George Kittle. Uh, I want to say Mark Andrews, but I think he's like six or seven. Um, we're going to go with it. So that's my four. That's four. And then for number five, we are going to say... Oh, man. Let me think. For Austin Hooper, obviously, because he's probably number one. I can't believe I forgot. How did I do? Yeah, four out of five. Mark Andrews was the one that was not up there, right? That is wrong. Who is it? So, Austin Hooper was number one for the longest time until the last two weeks. Um, Austin, uh, so, Travis Kelsey's one. Wow. Austin Hooper's two. Mm-hmm. Still, Austin Hooper has a... 15-point lead still on number two to three. Wow. Number three is Mark Andrews since these last two weeks. Right. He picked it back up again. Four is Darren Waller. And five? You had Kittle. He's six. Really? Oh, he just, he's just he been injured. He's missed the last two games. Yeah. Number five with the big week, Zach Ertz, top five. What? That's actually shocking to me. I thought Ertz was much farther down. Well, he's had two back-to-back good weeks. That makes a difference. Last two weeks, he's had 20, uh, 25 by week 18. You know what would be a really interesting stat to look at is what Will Disley plus Jacob Hollister would be. Yeah, that's they're really good. That that Seahawks tight end, as long as they're white and they came up from Will a from small school. The, Will Disley is still the number 17 tight end. That is wild. And he played... One, two, three, four, five weeks. Oh my gosh! <laughs> he's, he's he is still so Will Disley, ranked number seventeen, is still overall better than T.J. Hawkinson, Jack Doyle, Noah Fant, Dallas Goddard, Jared Jared Cook, Vance McDonald. All started tight ends in our league and every other league. Yes, that is wild. Where's Delaney Walker at? Oh, he's way down there. Never mind. Never mind. He is. Thirty-three. Oof, that is horrible. Yes. Now we have spent uh, thirty-three minutes approximately on this lag segment, so we are going to cut to a break. And after the break, we will touch on some hard-hitting topics. We will see you after these tunes. And we're back. Just coming back from another fine break, the Gem City Gridiron Roundup podcast. I really do appreciate you guys continuing to listen to this podcast. Another entertaining one brought to you from Rollins, Wyoming, slash Sheridan, Wyoming. Next thing we touch on, Zachary, I would much appreciate your thoughts on next season for the Gem City Gridiron. Do you have anything to open up this conversation? 
No, I mean, I hope everybody, you know, um, stays in the league. I think we'll have a great competitive league again if everybody stays. I don't foresee anybody leaving. Um, so that's going to be a nice thing where everyone comes back. We have another great year. Um, I don't really know if there's anything, like, rules-wise we need to change. Um, I have a couple ideas, but nothing set in stone that I would potentially like to mention maybe how we do our draft order. Um, I know people have been wondering if we might change or if we're going to keep it the same. I've been bouncing around a few ideas in my head um, for the draft order. Um, but that's really about it. Now, let's let's not fail to mention there are only honestly three rules that matter in the Gem City Gridiron, which is pay your league fees, set a lineup, Show up for the draft. Exactly. So, I mean, uh, touching on that, uh, do you have any thoughts on where you would like the draft location to be? I know we've, we've talked about, like, the Deadwood area where everybody chips in. Like, or, I mean, for our entry fee, of a, like, we might do the $100, and that'll pay for all of our league fees. That'll also pay for our Airbnb for two nights out in the, the Deadwood area. And we can draft out in the Airbnb at Deadwood and then also – spend some time as a league and go out and gamble a little bit and hang out in Deadwood, um, get to know everybody a little bit better. I know some of us are pretty well. Um, we, we all know each other very well, uh, but it would get um, some of those members that aren't accustomed to everybody uh, to get to know each other a little bit more and hang out and just have a good time. Now, but if not, if not, I mean, I do love, I love the library bar. They've treated us very well. They don't charge us a dime to do it. Um, I, I really enjoy coming down to Laramie and um, hanging out with everybody, going to the game or doing whatnot in Laramie. That's definitely another great option. Now, I think there's going to be a lot of off-season talk and some voting that takes place um, in our league page. But I, I must say, Zach, as far as I know – we did, in fact, vote in the $100 league fees. I know you're probably going to want to send a supplemental vote just to make sure before we push forward with that. Yeah, I'm not really worried too much about the entry fee. I know, like, whatever people vote in, that's going to be fine. But for the draft, I want to make sure everybody's on board um, whether we're drafting. Because if we don't have somebody show up, we don't want it to be like, well, they don't get to pick a team. Um, so I'd rather make sure everybody's there at the draft, whether it be in Deadwood, whether it be in Laramie or somewhere else. I just want to make sure everybody's on the same page when it comes to draft location. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, uh, we draft so late that we can't really supplement the draft with anybody else. There's no way we can put it off. And especially if we go somewhere else. Like in Laramie, at least if I know somebody, I might have you know someone that I know guest draft. It's not going to be Kevin or Jason. But, I mean, somebody that might be able to help guest draft um, if it's in Laramie and there's some sort of emergency, like, that's definitely understandable. Um, that, that's the nice thing with us drafting in Laramie or somewhere that we're all at. And, but most of the time, everybody shows up, and we don't really have to worry about that. It, it was only this last year where that happened, and it was, a, well, it was two years in a row. But Yeah, but, but again, I knew, like, Bill was out at a geology thing for his graduation, that's got to be taken care of, and I had someone fill out his draft. So I mean, like, and that's that's a different case scenario. Like, True. we knew about that. Um, 
it's not like anybody just no shows except for this last year. Right, and uh, since at this point we are looking at a hundred dollar buy-in, what would you do? What would you want to do with the extra funds? Well, if we have the hundred dollar buy-in and we do it in a separate location. Um, like Deadwood, that'll that'll definitely help pay for the Airbnb and any food, some extra food and some drinks for the Airbnb. If we were to opt to doing the $100 still and doing um, the draft in Laramie, there's other um, league things that we can do. We can do like a skins game, highest scoring team gets um, some extra bucks, or we can do um, up the ante for the winners and they might get something else along with the trophy and the jersey. Um, I, I, I've been a part of a lot of skins games um, where if you get, if you're the highest scoring team um, by ten points, it's ten dollars. But if it's if there is no high score within ten points, that it just rolls over for the next week. Interesting. Um, so if there's no high score by ten points week one, then it's twenty dollars up for grabs week two. If there's no high score by 10 points through week two, it's $30. It just keeps rolling over. So it basically pays at $160 in skins. That's a very Um, interesting conversation to have. And I think, Patrick, you should jot this down in your little, uh, let's say, Blue's Clues notebook because you are going to be the guest following the fantasy playoffs, Patrick. Don't think I forgot. I am looking for your season awards. Now, one other thought I had was, uh, honestly, I think third place is something that is set in stone at this point. Third place will always get their money back. How do you think? How do you feel about that, Kamish? I definitely agree with that. Um, um, especially if we raise it up to hundred dollars, that's definitely a great um, turnaround to get your money back. You don't have to worry about the entry fee for next year. Um, but that means we gotta, you know, we gotta adjust our pricing prices accordingly to make sure we have enough money for that third place entry fee. Um, otherwise I think we're fine. Um, we're going to be, you know, we'll still be able to order the draft board and the Jersey and all the shipping and handling for the jerseys and, and all that. Um, we just got to make sure, you know, third place is definitely something that people want to fight for. They don't have to pay for next year. Um, now speaking on adjusting the mon- the money, uh, let it be known, and I'm not trying to stunt or front on anybody. I don't, I don't know what the kids say these days. But if we do decide to do an Airbnb in a different location, I have stated that I am willing to front the cost of the Airbnb and to be reimbursed by the Gem City Gridiron Fund. Yes. So no one will have to pay anything up front. They'll show up. And it'll all be paid for. They'll pay their league fee, and it'll get disseminated to me after everything has been paid. Correct. All right. I just want that to be known. Uh, There's there's really no strings attached to going somewhere else. All you have to do is get yourself there. Everything else is going to be covered. Exactly. And and we'll have a lot more of this discussion after the fantasy playoffs, and mainly after the Super Bowl. By the time week 16 rolls around and the season's over, everyone's like, oh, thank God the season's over. Enjoy Christmas. Enjoy the holidays. And then we'll dive in. And then we'll dive back in after Super Bowl Sunday probably and make sure everyone's on the same page. Speaking of which, come 
probably right after the Super Bowl, um, fantasy baseball is going to be opening up, and I'm going to be starting to send people invites. And uh, if you want to be a part of the Gem City Gridiron Fantasy Baseball League, this is going to happen regardless of whether or not you guys participate. Um, for those of you that don't want to participate, that's fine. I have uh, found some interest in my local community, including my workplace, and I'm sure uh, I'm going to announce this now. I actually haven't even talked to the person about it, but I'm sure he's going to be just fine with it. Big Mike is actually going to be the deputy commissioner of the Gem City Gridiron Baseball League. Big time. I have not spoken to him about that. I hope he's okay with that. I'm sure he'll listen to this podcast. I'll touch on that with him uh, here in a couple weeks, most likely. Big Mike has definitely been a great addition to the Gym City Gridiron. That was a huge pickup for us. Huge. Uh, now, uh, now let's touch on some thoughts from next season of the Roundup, the podcast itself. It, Zach, have you taken any thought into what you would like to see from the podcast coming next year? I mean, I think it's good as long as, you know, you get it out on a weekly basis. It's not something that you're going to post every day, like an actual fantasy show or whatever. It's definitely something that everybody just likes to listen to and enjoy, like getting your perspective on things and uh, maybe just some more, um, I guess, different segments, I guess we, we can add and more people on, you know, try to make a schedule like at the, at the draft, like, hey, you know, like, you know, you know, let me know if you, you know a week that works for you and try to get everybody on, which is obviously a big goal. With only with twelve of us, and there's there's really you know twelve weeks until if you get everybody on one week before the playoffs. You know, everyone's got an interview before the playoffs, and you can kind of interview people getting closer to the playoffs about you know the the playoff matchups and the toilet bowl, and you know th- their kind of take on the league, I guess. Uh, let it be known, I have attempted to get everybody on this yes. uh, podcast. Uh, some it's it's not always worked, but uh, we all have jobs, we all have lives. As this yes. is not a full time job for me, if it were, I would most likely be putting out a episode a week or episode a day. Excuse me. So uh, let's all cross our fingers that I win the lottery so I can make this full time job. <laughs> um, now. Uh, I really appreciate your thoughts on uh, what my goals should be for the upcoming season because as I broke the news to Matthew uh, Lloyd Henderson, our sponsors have renewed us for a second season of the Gem City Gridiron (laughs) Roundup podcast. Uh, Sorry to interrupt you, but I definitely think whenever we do our draft reveal, our draft order, it should be a live version of the Gem City Gridiron Roundup. I like that idea, especially since I am now on Monday through Friday. I'm sure we could definitely make that happen. Yes, um, I well, think that would definitely. I mean, it'd definitely like be a pot, be a podcast version, but it'd be a live stream or or a recorded version. Um, well, you we can, you said live, you said live, so we could make it live. Yeah, we can we can we can make it a live a little live podcast, and we'll figure out the tech. Uh, technological exactly. side of that uh, in the future. Exactly. But I'm definitely down. I'm glad you pitched that. Um, We'll have as many members. You know what? I bet we could even get a four-man broadcast of this if we that pick the right be, weekend. That would be fun. All right. Now, uh, I wanted to just touch on what my goals for the Gem City Gridiron Roundup podcast were going into season two starting next season. I would like to get the rest of the league members on the show. There are three left that I have not interviewed. 
Uh, that will be a main priority of mine come next season. They'll probably be scheduled for the first three weeks of the season. Uh, honestly, guys, I am totally okay with your schedule. Whatever works for you, will I'll make it work. Um, I work Monday through Friday. I have lots of hours I have to work, but I will figure out a way to get you guys on the show if you want to be. If you don't want to be, that's that's fine. Uh, I know lots of people love being on the show. I have interviewed some people multiple times and i know some people are feeling a little left out uh we'll get them on if you don't want to be on it's fine um i also think it'd be fun to get guests on that are not currently in the league for their opinion like if i brought on in a guest analyst even though they wouldn't be a professional analyst i think it'd be kind of funny to have somebody on from my local rollins community uh, i have one coworker in mind who is a great talker uh i might bring him on uh I also thought it'd be fun if next season we brought on significant others of league members as guests. What do you think about that, Zach? That would be interesting as hell. I don't <laughs> think Sarah would know anything about it. <laughs> it'd be kind of funny, though, definitely. I think it'd be but a lot of fun. She'd be like, what? Yeah, it's, yeah it'd, be, it'd, be, it'd be interesting but I'd be, be hard to do it. If you think it's hard enough to get a hold of all of us, try to get a hold of a spouse. <laughs> That's right. I think my most challenging interview to get and my most challenging interview to keep interesting, not because she wouldn't want it to be interesting, just because of her lack of participation, I would have to guess would be Alex. <laughs> Probably. Sure, sure, yeah. That's... That would be a good interview to get because of how funny it would be. Now, that'd be, that'd be pretty great. Yeah. I also another goal of mine would be to finalize some solid segments. Um, I thought I think I've solidified three segments for sure. It's the test my metal. It's the uh, matchups that matter. And man, <laughs> this is pretty sad. What is <laughs> what is my other segment I solidified? Maybe it's only two. Uh, the interview. Well, the I, interview. I, I had, yeah, the interview. I, I had mentioned you know uh, riskiest play of the week. That um, I'll be honest with you, it's kind of hard. Because uh, I was going off the stats of start percentage, and most people yeah. were. It's hard to do for our league because we are so in depth. You know what I mean? I, I don't yeah. know. It's kind of hard. Yeah. I can throw that one in there when it fits, but I don't think it's ever going to be a solid segment, it's which hard, which yeah. I which sucks. But no, it, it's it's hard. Um, yeah, I mean, it, we'll come up with some different segments, and um, the the test your metal one. Um, you can bounce around with different analysts. It's not just on ESPN. You can go on to NFL.com. You, you can kind of bounce around and get different analysts every week. Yep, I, I definitely could. Uh, I'm going to start uh, – I'm going to research a lot and figure out some segments that are a little original as well as I might pull from some other things. As this is a free podcast, I'm going to plagiarize whatever I fucking want and say whatever the fuck I want. Um I also have a goal to integrate sound effects and uh, drops for no other better word. I think that'd be a lot of fun for uh, the listeners if I could have some standard like drops or sound effects or uh, recorded voices from our league members that I use as drops when someone says something on the podcast, <laughs> like like uh, Stefania Bell, the owl my finger. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, the, the name game stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, that that'd is be, that would be fun to do like some little off season podcasts like during like preseason rankings. That'd be kind of funny. Absolutely, um, I could do some preseason stuff, especially uh, 
I, I've still, I think I plan on doing a couple during the fantasy baseball season just for fun because I know people are going to kind of miss it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, do you have any th- other final thoughts on the Gem City Gridiron Roundup podcast? No, I mean, as long as, I mean, it'd be kind of cool. I mean, it's, it's hard to get, like, somebody on for, like, a whole show, like me or Matt. Like, we, we've kind of put, put aside the time to do that. It's hard to do that. It'd be kind of cool to do that with some of the other folks and kind of tag team along, but I mean, it's it's hard to get all that time. But it'd be you have a good you'd have a really good dialogue like what we're doing. Um, I must say I, I much more enjoy breaking down the news and notes of the NFL uh, when I have a guest host. Um, yeah, I know the sound quality isn't always a hundred percent when I do have a guest host, but I think people have. Re- I don't know if people have enjoyed it because this is only the third time we've ever done it. Fourth. Yeah, third or fourth. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like that idea. Uh, it involves people giving up two to three hours of their night in order to do that, and I, I know it's not possible for everybody. And, I mean, you could even possibly do it, – it, it'd be weird. It'd be pretty weird, but you could do a live podcast every now and then just by yourself. That would be interesting. I would have to figure out the logistics of that, but I do uh, like the idea. Yeah, just an idea. But yeah, we can. Uh, you want you want to test your metal? No. Before we do that, I would like to go over the Gem City Gridiron power rankings. Oh, the power rankings! It's making another return. This is in testament to the college football playoff power rankings. And, Zach, we are going to do this from one to four, and I'm going to have you do some guessing games. How about that? Okay. Who's the number one? one? Four? Who's the number one? Even though after the – I mean, it's hard to go against the number one team in the league. Um, I'm going to say Blaster because he does have the number one player in the league. It's Blaster. It is Blaster. Who's number two? I'm going to say Big Mike. He, the tough loss brings him to 8-3. Um, but he's definitely, you know, he's, he's, if he ties blaster, he can easily overtake that number one seed. Number two in my power rankings is big Mike. Unfortunately, this is a little lackluster of a week to be doing the power rankings because there are four teams who have really separated themselves. Who is number three that you believe? I don't want to get overconfident myself, but I'm going to say myself, the commissioner at number three. Wrong. Bill? It is Bill. Bill is number three in my power rankings, and you come in at number four. Might you think of uh, a reason that you would be at number four and not number three without being too salty? Uh, the, like, why? Yeah. Why, why would I be four, not three? Yeah. Um, I've, I've been down the past couple weeks. My scoring's been down. Um, that's probably about it, but I, I think I still have de- better depth than bill but my scoring's been down you're 100 right your scoring has been a little bit down and bill's uh i don't know what it is but his preparation week to week is insane his decision making on his roster despite his thinness at positions is impeccable and uh that's that's what edges him out a little bit over you yeah he's got he's got a pretty more set lineup i have to make a couple more guesses um, but i think that's because of my depth right my like i i have been my scoring's been down the past couple of weeks. I, I do admit that that's been tough. Hopefully, uh, all, my 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 new team uh, of the Browns can uh, <laughs> start pushing me forward. Yeah, I I am also pulling for you. Make no doubts. Yeah, I am pulling for your. Week. Oh Browns. gosh. 
Now. They're playing, my, they're playing Miami, though. What do you expect? Oh, that's not bad. Now, Zachary, do you want to test our metal? Let's test the metal. And what I, when I say our, that's because the ranker I'm going up against this week is none other than yourself. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. See, guys, this is where a drop would come in. <laughs> All right. Starting this off with the quarterbacks. Zachary, is there anyone in the top 12 rankings which you do not believe will be a top 12 quarterback? So we are using the ESPN consensus rankings for everybody to double check. Um, the quarterback I have outside the top 12 is Dak Prescott against New England. That is a spicy pick. Although I do not concur, I will say Aaron Rodgers will not be a top 12 quarterback this week. And he is going at San Francisco. So both of us are playing the matchups in this regard. Exactly. Zachary, in the next segment, running backs, I will go first. I say Nick Chubb will not be a top 12 running back. I must say this is a ballsy production prediction as he is playing Miami. Exactly. The, the consensus ranks have him at number three against Miami at home in the dog pound. I do not agree with that at all. Um, I'm going off another matchup. I believe Aaron Jones will not be a top 12 running back. And I think he will be because I believe the receiving will make up for the lack of rushing attack against the 49ers. But you're going against Rodgers, so that almost kind of doubts yourself. No, checkdowns, brother. Checkdowns, okay. See, a lot of passing game, okay. Wide receiver. Who do you I, believe will not be top 12? I believe DJ Chark will not be a top 12 wide receiver. He is going up against Tennessee. And I do not believe he will be able to repeat as a top 12 wide receiver. Fair enough. And I believe that Julian Edelman going up against Byron Jones and Shadobia Wuzier will not be a top 12 wide receiver in week 12. Tight ends. Tight ends. The desolate position of tight end <laughs> where anybody can make a choice outside the top five. I have um, almost been 100 percent on the tight end projections i believe because there are so many random stuff exactly so that being said i believe gerald everett will not be a top 12 tight end against baltimore this week and i'm not confident enough to say that i don't concur with that but my pick for the person who will not be top 12 is jared cook who comes in at number six in the consensus rankings and who are the Saints playing this week? They are playing the Panthers. The Panthers. And for everyone's pleasure, we are going to do a kicker top 12 segment this week. Absolutely. You know we love our kickers. Uh, I tweeted at uh, Ryan Barrow Suckup uh, the week he went on injury, the week he came back from injury, and I even tweeted at him when he missed four field goals because I felt so sorry for him. <laughs> He never replied. I don't think he. I don't think he cares about his Twitter. For kickers, we are taking shots in the dark because who the fuck cares besides a league based off of a kicker? For kickers, I will say Greg Zerline of the Los Angeles Rams will not be a top twelve kicker this week. And I will say 
kicker Joey Sly will not be a top 12 kicker this week against the New Orleans Saints. For those of you who do not know, he plays for the Panthers. Yes. Now, plays Graham Gano. I am uh, very excited to go up against you because you, as a viewer, have taken the time to record uh, my Test My Metal segments and take in my uh, results, and I'm not doing too bad. Yeah, you're around 500, give or take. I think I was over 500 last time I checked. I have not double-checked. I haven't looked at it because you haven't done any Test Your Metals in the past couple weeks. I think I'm like two-thirds, but uh, this is going to be fun to go up against you. It's going to be really fun to see if the cheeses prevail over the meats. <laughs> True, meat first Jesus. Now, Zach, we move on to another topic which is quite rivet- riveting. We are going to preview next week's games. Ooh, let me pull those up. I have already done so, and uh, for the first matchup we're going to touch on, it is two it is Coltiscable 2019B. As you know, Ooh. Matthew and I somehow always play at least twice a season. This time for week 12, which is a huge matchup for us playoff-wise. If Matthew wins, he's in. If I win, I continue to pace myself above the other four and seven teams and continue my spot in the bottom half of the playoff standings. We are also playing for a birthday card. For those of you who don't know, maybe we touched on it, maybe we didn't. I think we did in the rivalry episode, the, uh, the highlight of the Hall of Records. I have a birthday card from Matthew Lloyd Henderson on my fridge currently after I beat him in a regular season bout. So I will be sending him one, or he'll be sending me a second, depending on who wins this matchup. Yeah, um, early projections has uh, Matt at 129.02 to 128.14, and that has Matt without a tight end right now. He has Hunter Henry on a bye. So, obviously, he'll be making a move to grab a tight end. Um, it's I'm get, I'll probably give the slight edge to Matt right now just because of the running backs, even though Joe Mixon is definitely coming on strong right now. Um, but um, he's got definitely a lot more players that I can see doing very well. That's fair. That's fair. I honestly would give Matt the edge at this moment, too. Uh, that is also before... Uh, free agent pickups, which this should be a very busy week as people are trying to capitalize on large performances prior to the playoffs. Yes. Now, sec- the next one. Big Mike is going up against Bill. Seating is all that matters in this one. Can Big Mike look to retake the number one spot? Against yeah, the right now. Oh, go ahead. Against the crafty, newly named Love Taxi. Yes, the Love Taxi. Um, that being said, Big Mike has the edge right now, 131. It's changed to 97.95. Bill's going to be searching for a kicker this week. Uh, his beloved Harrison Butker is on a bye. He cannot play him. Um, I highly doubt he drops him. So um, based on looking at Bill's bench, uh, he has pretty much everybody on a bye this week, which is definitely tough for him. Um, he'll make a move for a kicker, but i definitely going to probably be given the edge to big mike and that would solidify him a top two seed absolutely now the commish takes on the brink the brink had a very uh unfortunate slip this past week yes i do not want to comment too much on it since i am playing him but all i do know is looking at his lineup he is definitely gonna have some bye week trouble uh both his starting quarterback and his top two running backs are both on a bye 
definitely going to be a tough matchup for Brinkman. As you know, it is not smart to tout your personal prowess on this podcast, as it Correct. may subject you to a curse which is not conceivably impassable. Uh, Correct. I, I've, seen, I've seen other teams do well in bye weeks because, I mean, you don't have, have second-guess lineups. You can just kind of make your lineups and go on from there. But definitely going to be a tough week. You know, it's going to hurt, you know, missing Patrick Mahomes and Dallin Cook. But Brinkman's a good player. Um, I expect him to put up a good lineup this week. Absolutely. And next matchup, the two-time champ looks to end Luke's playoff chances. This, if, if Sackett wins, it would definitely supersede Luke in the standings. He would. Sackett needs a lot of help. Um, Sackett needs to win out. Luke he needs Luke to lose out. He needs you to lose out. He needs Patrick to lose out. Um, there's a lot of scenarios where he could get in, but it's definitely going to be tough. Early projections have Luke as the favorite. Um, as Sagan has players coming back from injury, you never know how that's going to how that's going to fare. Um, Luke has some good running back depth, so he's not going to really miss Marlon Mack. Still has Todd Gurley, Chris Carson. Um, hopefully, Robert Woods comes back. But early projections still have Luke in the favorite. Um, I still see that as long as we don't know about James Conner and T.Y. Hilton and Brandon Cooks. So. Um, I, I still give Luke the slight edge. So, honestly, the reason why I think the two-time commish is out of the playoffs is because his next two, his final two matchups are against Luke and Brinkman. So if he yes. win, if he wins against Luke, he knocks Luke to four and eight and goes to five and seven. If I were to lose, I'd go to five and seven. If Pat were to lose, he'd go to five and seven. But that would also mean Cole would go to five and seven because he would beat Pat. Yes. So there'd be three teams at five and seven, or four, Brinkman, four teams at Brinkman, five and seven. If Brinkman loses out. If Brinkman loses out, Brink could fall all the way out of the playoffs. No, I don't think. I think he still has a tiebreaker against Cody. That's where it's going to be interesting. Cody faces Brinkman in week thirteen. Exactly. So, so that's a huge deal. Yes. So, but uh, I I don't expect Brinkman to drop both games. I don't. E- Jubal would basically need everyone to lose, and he would barely squeak in with the eighth spot. Yes, because Brinkman has beat Sackett already. So, if if the if this turned out the way it should, he needs Cole to win both his games, and he needs to win both his games in order to make it. It's going to be tough, because Sackett still lost to Cole. Yes, but if Cole wins both his games... He knocks me and Pat out, and if Cody wins both his games, he he gets in. If all of if uh, Cole wins and Luke, Pat, myself, tie- all lose. It really all depends on the six and seven tiebreakers. Because if there's four or five teams, you don't know. You know, you're not the. <laughs> it's definitely gonna be interesting. There are gonna be a, quite a few a of- eight loss teams. Honestly, let's be there's honest. There's going to be a lot of playoff implications in the next two weeks. It is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yes. Now, uh, Blaster gets a cake matchup to continue his playoff push against Dark Horse. Really nothing to say on that. But if you look at Blaster's team, he's got a lot of bye weeks. Fair enough. And finally, uh, good. No, a lot of bye weeks. Um, that's where um, Dark Horse has thrived, is playing teams on a lot of bye weeks. Um, Blaster's got some bye week problems, a couple injuries. 
Um, definitely got to wait and see. Still get the slight edge to Blaster, but um, would not surprise me if Dark Horse does pull out a victory, which would be huge. But with with uh, Christian McCaffrey scoring 30 points a game, that's about a third of Dark Horses. That'll be tough. And finally, Cole faces off against Pat, as this is a must-win for both teams. Cole needs this one worse, as eight losses is a death sentence in our league. Yes. Any further thoughts on these matchups? Um, Cole still got, I mean, I'm looking just a little bit. Um, Cole maneuver around, change a little bit in his lineup, but it's, it's going to be a close game. Projections are real close right now. You know, right around in the one high one teens to 120s. Um, going to be close. I'll, I'll give the slightest to Patrick. Um, he does have um, a couple Cardinals out on a bye. That's going to be interesting to see how he bounces back if he's going to roll with Kyle Allen or make a move at quarterback. I honestly think the two matchups to watch this week are myself and Matthew and Cole and Patrick. Those are both huge games. Yes, Patrick and Cole for sure. That will solidify potentially an eighth, the eighth seed. Um, yeah, that's going to be a tough one to watch. And then um, the other one up. Luke and uh, Luke and Sackett, both all those are both all four and seven. Two of those teams are going to become victorious and be right in the playoff hunt going into the last week of the year. Absolutely, it's shaping up as a very eventful week twelve. All right, let's a uh, couple more things to touch on before we end this here podcast. I must mention that there is a new excellent YouTube video from NFL Throwback. The link will be in the post. I have been touting NFL Throwback for quite a few weeks. This week, they posted a video about the top 100 catches in NFL history. It's worth it. It's worth checking out. I, I honestly have not watched the whole thing yet, but I will tune into it very shortly. And the last thing we should touch on, I forgot to touch on this last week. I hope none of, well, obviously one of you forgot about bye weeks. But there are some challenging bye weeks this week as the Chiefs, Vikings, Cardinals, and Chargers are all on buys. Yes, a lot of a lot of fantasy-relevant players. Um, definitely going to make an impact. You know, no Dalvin Cook, no Stephon Diggs, no Patrick Mahomes, no Tyreek Hill. No David Johnson, no Cardinals running backs. It's definitely a lot of high-profile players that people are going to have to try to fill in some lineups and try to finish strong. I know based on looking at it, it looks like Blasters and uh, Brinkman's teams are definitely have the, the highest amount of players on a bye. Um, so definitely going to have to set those lineups and hope for the best. Absolutely, and with that... I hope all of you have the best of luck in the coming weeks, win or lose. I hope you all enjoy week 12. And with that, Zachary, thank you so much for joining me in this week's podcast. You're welcome. Good luck to everybody in the GCG. Goodbye and good night. Sometimes I feel like I've drifted, I feel different, I feel gifted I've been high so long, don't need to smoke to get lifted I've been under pressure looking for Nikki Whenever she is around, you know I come quickly Vivid memories of Chicago, south side where I go From Reddies to the House of Blues, progress is the motto Man, the first show that I ever done sold, I was in Chicago
Yeah, yeah. Living like I've been ready to die, maybe not. I don't know why my mind is changing, rearranging this dangerous melody, huh? Yeah, and I know that ain't nobody finna ever be ahead of me. All that competition right there is dead to me. Yeah, huh? Yeah. I've been turning the pages, feeling the vibe. Shit is outrageous, but I've been feeling courageous. This shit right here, I've been at it for ages. Feel like I'm running through mazes. Everybody has their phases. Yeah. With this bad bitch in a whip when I ride this And I'm feeling it, uh Hoping I'm 40, I'm still in it One of the few that be killing it, uh Yeah, young motherfucker that be giving what he living on the road to success And you know that I'm driven But it ain't when I publish it But right now I'm on some other shit I'm in a different world I'm with a different girl I'm with the same team But it's a different scheme Remember back when I couldn't even pay the bills And I never forget how that feels Back when I went by it, break it, roll it, light it Smoke it, inhale it, I'm gone Buy it, break it, roll it, light it Smoke it, inhale it, I'm gone Okay, doing what I gotta do, flying at this altitude. I look out the window like I damn, that's what I really do. Don't know why I fear the plane. Sometimes I was disdain. If I look back on it, I would do it all over again. Nikki, Nikki, where you been? I can't wait to breathe you in. Been on this plane way too long. I can't wait to see you again. Oh my God, this turbulence it got me sipping on this liquor. Crazy racist white bitch looking at us like, who are these niggas? First class on their ass, off the plane. That's when I dash. Just landed in Europe and this model bitch is trying to smash. Now I'm riding. On the train, all this shit inside my brain Just left the hotel in Belgium, damn, them waffles was insane Smoking blunts in Amsterdam, oh my god, this is my jam Made to December, but most deaf in my headphones, that's the man I know, I know that I got it if I Do what I gotta do to get by And they wonder why I never get high Wonder why I never get high I know, I know that I got it if I Do what I gotta do to get by Affiliation, I'm that dude that did it on his own He starts inside my mind, be fucking with me when I'm all alone I really like this girl, she bad as fuck, why must I run away? You feel like self-assassination, I can't put this gun away Goddamn, what's the plan? Not complacent where I am Reminiscing when I hit the road back in that minivan Broke as fuck, not a dollar Whipping that Chevy Impala Praying that we make it out the city Lord willing, inshallah Up to date a couple years Now my idols are my peers I was on the road to nowhere Till I decided to veer Put my everything into this shit you know, I know you know this Used to give a fuck what people thought Hoping that they would notice Stop giving a fuck Cause music gotta be the only motive Mind racing on and off the track I'm going locomotive I can't believe you don't like Tarantino Ugh, I don't like him because Like, when it's not Like, non-Tarantino-esque I think it's a good movie You mean like A Glorious Bastard? I haven't seen it What? I, I know, but Oh my god, have you seen Pulp Fiction? Yeah, but I don't really remember it What are you talking about? Have you seen, um, it's just funny because we're on a train. Have you seen, fuck, what's his name? The guy from the movie The Good Place. <laughs> on the train? <laughs> With the scenery. Um, I'm trying to remember. Source code. No. You haven't seen that? With the dude from Donnie Darko? Who's that? Oh my god. <laughs> well, I still want to know what your favorite Tarantino film is. I know. Favorite Tarantino I know that I got it if I. Do what I gotta do to get by And they wonder why I never get high They wonder why I never get high I know I know that I got it if I Do what I gotta do to get by And they wonder why I never get high And they wonder why I never get high
members of the Rat Pack include C. Dot Castro, Big Lenbo, and Logic. <laughs>